Tom Panos, John McGrath, wait, 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 Troy Malcolm. Oh, ta-da. <laughs> we have to give him a plug last one, just to keep it. That's his Christmas Otherwise present. Otherwise, he'd sulk all over Christmas. It's his Christmas present. He'd be texting me, why didn't you mention me on the last show? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sick of it. I think we need to be thinking of new new support team for the new year. He's, he's getting too much fame, Troy Malcolm. Well, John, as you know, that we had a session at News Corp about a month ago, and we had three or four people come in, and as they walked past, they said... Are you Troy? Are you Troy? Oh, no, and after no. a while, we began to realise Troy Malcolm has become a product yeah. of a podcast. It's bigger. It's bigger. <laughs> any, uh, any update on the sponsors? Nothing to report? Uh, nothing to report, but what okay. I can tell you is that we are entertaining a number of options. We haven't got any from anyone, but we are entertaining them. <laughs> there must be some big deals just waiting to come forward and talk to us about it. John, Mont- How many of listeners have we got now, Troy? Uh, just ticked over 360,000. Listeners or downloads? Oh, sorry. Complete downloads. downloads or people that have listened to the podcast. And That's I've got to bad. say, we had That's a... That's got to be worth something to someone. Well, and not only that, it got some great publicity over the last... Uh, um, two weeks. Uh, two weeks. Yeah. The amount of coverage, it came up on Google Alerts. It was across oh, yeah. most of the publications. I think REB picked it up. So... But you uh, work for a big multi-billion dollar company. Can't, isn't there something in their budget just to kind of... Just keep us moving along. What, like, are you it, co- could play for lunch or a coffee or something. We have to pay for our own coffees on this podcast. And the, the water bottles, I'm just having a look at these. Normally we're talking 600 mil. The ones we've got here are actually 300 mil. I mean, I've, I've been hanging on this one for about half an hour, just sipping slowly. So to let everyone know, we're back on the fish tank, as Tom so kindly... Re- shark tank, shark tank. We're on the shark tank. So it will be, it will be airing on Channel 10 uh, early in the next year. I think it's around February or March, so hopefully you'll watch that. Um, but no, it's been fun. It's been a great experience. Jokes aside, it's been a great experience. So I, I think the What's show. What's your John, biggest learning out of out, out of the show? How little I know. When I sit next to people of caliber, I just—I mean, Andrew Banks, one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs. Janine Alice, Boost Juice, phenomenal lady. Guy called Speed, Steve Baxter. I'd never heard of him before. Queenslander, you know, multi-multi-millionaire, successful but just very under-the-radar guy. And, of course, Naomi Simpson from Red Balloon. So they're the sort of co-investors or um, on the show. And just sitting there for the now, it's really been four weeks, so it's been a big chunk out of my life, uh, but I've loved every day of it. But four weeks listening to the way they've assessed businesses, they've questioned business people, the comments they've had about... I just... I mean, I love the fact that I know so little... I know a bit in my space of real estate, but I'm just learning so much every day. Is it out of your comfort zone, John? A li- well, not really, because actually I love it. And when I think about a comfort zone, it sort of feels like it's uncomfortable. Um, it's, it's definitely there's some new learning stuff here, and I've invested in some interesting businesses, which you know I'll, I'll sort of talk more about maybe next year when it gets aired. But uh, no, no, it's, re- it's been really good, and, and it, it is an adventure. When they asked me to do it, I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, it would be an adventure. And at, at one point, we're all going to be gone from this wonderful planet. So it's nice to do a few things that are a bit of an adventure and something different. So anyway, we'll see you next year. John, we've been doing it for over a year. It was this time roughly last year, just before Christmas, where we gave our people some advice to think over the holidays. It's a great period to actually rewrite your agreement with reality and come back with a a beginner's mind. So we will go through some Q&As first because in fairness to... And we're not going to get through every Q&A. We've had um, too many to go through every podcast, but I'm keeping them and we will get to them eventually. Um, and send in new ones too if you're out there listening. Don't, absolutely. don't be afraid to send in new ones. 
So we'll do some questions and then we're going to move off and talk about our key highlights for 2015. So our first question comes from um, an agent in Melbourne. Good question. Over the years of being in a particular suburb, some agencies have approached me and offered me better terms, packages to join them. How do you react to this? I know so many agents that change offices again and again. What are the positives and negatives? John, I get asked this question by well, colleagues, friends, people mm-hmm. in the business all the time. They say, listen, you know, I'm being offered this across the road. I'm thinking about going. This is, a, this is an important decision that agents are faced with at some point in their career, whether they stay or move. Every good, every good, certainly every great, but almost every good agent out there is going to have job opportunities thrust at them. So there's two or three things I'd say. Number one is you've got to be careful you don't distract yourself because I've known really good agents that have been mulling over offers for a month or two, they've lost momentum and it's cost them tens and tens of thousands of dollars, even if they stayed. So I think if you are going to entertain a discussion, and I think that it's probably quite healthy from time to time from the appropriate um, discussion to have. But you don't want to be sort of doing this on a too regular basis because you can really get distracted. Second thing is, it's, it's almost, the right answer is never to decide it on commission split or car space or whatever other thing people throw out. I think what you've got to say is, I need to work with a company that aligns with my values, number one. So you've got to feel that the fit with the owner and the manager of the business and the other people in the business is similar to yours, because you're going to be spending a lot of time there. Um, Number two is I want to be with a company that's growing and someone that's going to help me grow. So there has to be a strong mentoring ethic within the business. The third thing is, you know, the commission side, I mean, the, the commercial side is vaguely relevant, but only vaguely. I mean, we've had people that have joined us and they've been on big 90, 95% kind of commission splits and they've come back to our 50 or 60% splits, which are our top splits, we don't go above that, and they've ended up doubling, tripling their take-home income because all of a sudden we've helped them grow to a whole new level. Um, now that doesn't happen every single time, but that does happen. So I think it's, it's, you know, when someone says, well, I've got an extra 5% or a 10% offer, well, it's 5% of what? Because the growth that you bring in can differ enormously from one business to the next and one area to the next. And there always is going to be a bit of downtime and a little bit of distraction in, in transitioning across a new brand. So unless there is a big uplift that's available. So if someone said, well, I think if I left here and went to that other brand, I might go up 5 or 10%. Unless there's a real cultural reason to do so, why bother? because the distraction will probably take away your next two years additional income. If someone says, well, I reckon if I went to that company or I work for that person, I could double or triple what I do, but I'm going to have to take a 5% haircut on my commission. Well, that's probably a very sensible decision to do that. So don't, it's like with a vendor. Like I say to a vendor, don't choose the agent based on commission. Yeah. Choose the agent that's going to get you the most amount of money, yeah. that's going to deliver as few surprises as possible, and you're going to feel that you like and trust them that's the agent to choose. Even if they're 1%, 1.5% more, that sounds like it's the agent to choose. Same logic. Yeah. So um, I think, John, one of the things that we notice is that real estate agents that feel terrific about themselves and on Sunday night are not depressed about going to where they're going to go for that week and have got other people that are getting the best version of themselves showing up to buyers and sellers each day they might be on 5 or 10% less, but what you're saying is you're going to make more sales and more listings, so you will more than outdo any right. shortage of percentage. But I think the biggest myth is that when you actually break down and analyse a lot of these high commissions, John, and I've looked at them many times with a pen, 
paper, calculator, they're actually not as attractive as what they seem because when you actually play with the numbers and you take away a lot of these deductions and that, you end up finding that it's not significantly mm. better. They use a very attractive figure um, in, as a sales part of the conversation. But I think at the end of the day, you've really got to compare apples with apples. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot more to a job change than just a commission rate. It's around culture, ethos, mentoring, uh, all of those things. So okay. hopefully that works for them. Question. When farming an area, how many homes would be ideal? How many times would you drop letters in your farm area? Some say weekly, some say monthly, and what do you send out? So this concept of a farm area, of become a specialist in an area, then like it's easier to be a rock star in 2,000 properties than to be a rock star in all of Australia. Yeah. Um, your I've, view, John? I've got two, two or three views on that, Tommy. I think, um, firstly, there's no one specific answer. I know that when... Um, Sarah Hackett, Damien's wife from uh, Place, who's one of the best agents in Australia, Sarah is, and Damien's great too. Uh, when she came to Oregon, she spoke about, I think she had 400 homes in her, her area that she yeah. was focused on. So that's probably the smallest, and she's one of the most successful agents. So that shows you what focus can do. Pete Chauncey, who's also, you know well, he's also yeah. part of our team, and he, he spoke at Eric. Um, he talks about 1,000 to 1,500 homes in his core database, and he does over $3 million over a 1,000 homes. Um, I know Matt Steinwade has been very focused in Matt's, in Matt's history as a sales agent with kind of one or two sort of relatively tight-knit suburbs. So most of the agents that are doing particularly well are very focused. Some of them are doing a few thousand. Some of them are doing, like Sarah, a few hundred. Yeah. So I don't think you need to get too scientific about it. I think you need to be a specialist, but then you also need to have... Um, the view that if a really great opportunity nearby comes up through a relationship that you shouldn't be knocking back good business as well, as long as you can service it well and come up to speed with the market knowledge. So I, th I think, you know, a few hundred to a few thousand is probably the, the right answer to that. Okay. So what I'd say there, John, is it doesn't matter whether it's 400 or 2,000, what you want to do is to become someone's agent before they need an agent. So when they need an agent, they've got an agent. And what we know is to do that, the less people, the more effective you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, well, I know that Sarah, when she spoke about it, she has an annual Christmas party. I think it might even be at their home. And she virtually has all those 400 people or a big chunk of them come across. And she knows them all by name. She knows their family. She knows their kids. Yeah. So that's the level of intimacy you can get if you're focused on a fairly small group. Um, but, I mean, when I was working, I used to sort of focus on Paddington, and that has four or 5,000 homes in it. It was slightly bigger. I, I don't think there's one, one particular answer, but certainly, you know, really narrow your focus more than go with the shotgun approach. Okay. Um, Going to a listing presentation by yourself or in groups of two? So another question, John. So this question... you don't work in a team, I guess this is, if you're yes. a solo agent. Yes. I think just a really interesting question, Tom. Um, I used to love going by myself. I'll show you why. I, was, I always knew what communication I wanted to do and how I wanted to pace it, and I always knew what time I had available. The few times I went with someone, and if I was mentoring someone, I'd go with them, but if, when I was just selling for myself as, a, as an agent, I didn't want anyone saying, look, I've got to go, tapping their watch, saying, you know, I've got to go in 10 minutes, or look, I'm really sorry, I've got to cut it short. I wanted to make sure I had the time, and, and the communication was exactly the direction I wanted to take it. And, I, and I, there was always a wild card factor if there was someone else there. Having said that, I do know a lot of our agents, it can be male and female, I mean, some of them are husband and wife, 
Sometimes they're just two agents, but they think the male and female energy coming in works really well. I think you've got to just test it and see how it works for you. Um, but I was someone that really liked to control that conversation and really control the energy with it. as few potential distractions as possible. Yeah. John, there's a quality, whether it's um, a higher level of perception, whether it's um, intuition, I don't know what the word it is, but I think that the agents that have got mastery at a listing presentation have this incredible ability to tune in on not what's only been said, what's not been said, and what has been said, what they're really trying to say. And I think when you're there on your own, the ability to actually become laser focused and get behind that person's eyeballs seems to increase when you're there on your own. You seem to be able to be at the pace of that conversation and not have the disruption of a question that might come from left field and you're not expecting it. Well, one less moving part, isn't there? Having said all that, I did find that often if I was unable to list the property when I, when I was there first time, I would often take someone back a second time for a, a return appointment and that often was quite successful bringing in a second opinion because I'd built the rapport, I knew the strategy and then I'd bring someone in and that sort of gave me another reason to go and visit the home. So I think you can, you can do both. Okay, John, we're going to spend five or so minutes finishing off 2014. It's our last podcast and we're going to Look ahead for 2015. What a year, John. Look, I think uh, 2014 has been, for most people listening, a good year. Real estate around Australia and New Zealand has been in pretty healthy shape. And I think our listeners are the smart brigade that are actually going beyond uh, in terms of learning, doing new stuff and, and listening to things like uh, our podcast. So you know, well done to all our listeners for downloading and listening. Um, as I think there's two or three things I'd like to just leave as, as ideas. Firstly is before you go on holidays, and most people that's probably going to be the end of this week possibly as we head to Christmas Eve, make sure that you work right up until the minute you leave. Some people start their Christmas shopping like five days out, six days out. They spend hours and hours instead of going to work, you know, sort of doing that. Like When you're finished work, finish work. And then put your mobile phone on silent really for the next couple of weeks and enjoy it with your family. But work up until the time you're finished, so make sure. And and vice versa, when you come back, I've known people that have come back on the 10th of January, but they don't get into work mode till the 30th of January. So, you know, choose the right time to come back and then be really focused from the get-go when you come back. There's a few things I think are important, always, but getting more and more important, and 2015 will be more important again. Integrity in this industry is critical. People rely on your good good information and your integrity and your best advice. So just make sure every single piece of advice you give people is in their interests and it's the real deal. It's totally true. Second thing is energy because that's all we have to sell really. We have expertise, contacts and energy. That's, that's around what you've got to offer. So keep your energy up, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual energy. Make it, keep it strong and clean and, 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 and you know, really ready to go. Third one is a practical thing we talk about a lot on this podcast is around marketing. You know, people have got to understand that you cannot achieve a premium result for a client without a strong platform to marketing. And whether that's digital, print, signboard, brochures, magazines, or a combination of everything, there's no way in the world you can sell a secret and get a premium. You need to be strong. So over the break, if you feel that you're not as strong as you could be around presenting, marketing packages to clients, you must improve on that skill. 
I think that's really critical. What about you? What are some of the things that come to mind for you? John, I think um, video is going to be hot in 2015. Yeah. I think online it, video. Yeah, yeah. it's been getting hot. I think it's going to be super hot. I think that as you're spending the couple of weeks rejuvenating and reflecting, because I think it is a good time to reflect what went good, what went bad, what you can improve on. I think it's a good time to actually do things that nourish your soul physically and you you know, you know, don't come back to work, which a lot of people do. They do party a little bit too hard and they come back a little bit too tired. So I think it's a good opportunity to... Uh, many ways it's a bit of a reinvent yourself over that break um, I think John that 2015 by all accounts is going to have a great February March April agents are saying that they've got good levels of interest of vendors that want to come onto the market nice and early yeah um, and I think that 2014 was a great year in real estate I know that you guys had some of your best um, numbers best year in the history of the company. In the his, so, so it was we're, the best we're, we're blessed. Yeah. Well, we're blessed with the people, um, 100%. I mean, Shark Tank is going to be aired, so I'm excited about that. ARAC is going to be better than ever, so we'll tell our listeners a bit more about that next year. So there are a couple of things I'm looking forward to. I know you're also... You, 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 a new kickstart. Tell me about this, because you mentioned it last time I was chatting to you. I didn't really know what it's about. So, John, um, on, in January, I'm running a seven-day kickstart video online coaching program which is basically giving people a business plan a prospecting plan um, a process so they can set up their year I'm giving them scripts dialogues I'm giving them everything just to actually have their year set up because I pretty much think the way that you um, start your years the way your year unfolds yeah, and I, I know that a lot of people like to start work on themselves and work in, on their business. So it's seven days of video, different video each it's day? It's seven days and they, have, uh, they don't have seven days to do it and they've got you know, plenty of time to do it in but it's been built that they do it over seven days. It's me on video with clean action steps, there's templates, there's forms that they fill out, they fill out their prospecting plan so essentially I'm giving a a prospecting and a business plan and everything that they need to know including a social media plan and they're going to do it at their own pace with an iPhone or on an iPad they okay. don't have to actually go to a, a conference to attend to do it so and just how go get that their website tompanos.com.au um, yeah, that's your website. That's right? my website. So, so just go there, the, yeah. and it'll be featured, I assume, at the top or in the middle. Yeah, it'll be, it'll say uh, real estate uh, kickstart. When, when can you when can you get into it? Um, they can uh, uh, if they just go to the website, John. They'll click on it. It's straightforward, and they can be um, doing it from January. But it's not out yet. It's, it's out, out in January. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to do that myself and have a look at that, and I'll get our team. We'll send that Troy around our whole team a link to make sure everyone checks that out. Beautiful. Um, have a great Christmas to you and your beautiful family. And uh, thank you, John. It's I'm going to look forward to this next year, and I'm, I'm very excited about the announcement of a new sponsor that you will inevitably make sometime yes. in the month of January, February, two, Troy. So I'm two, just intrigued. Two, I'm can't wait. Two, two thousand. New support staff. Everything's happening. Well, this this whole show. This I can tell. This is going to change. At the moment, we're walking in. I'm looking at the clothes that I'm wearing. We're going to get a major upgrade. Everything's going to change. The, we did change, John. One of the big advancements of 2014 was the incredible sound system that Troy Malcolm waited for two months I know. from America. They looked exactly the same as the old ones. Yeah. I think they this was the placebo one of the, effect. I think one of the biggest be... disappointments of my life, I'd been waiting, I couldn't sleep, and then all of a sudden, these old dusty speakers and headsets came in. I just thought, 
is that as good as he can do? John, I clearly remember that day. You, you were so disappointed and you hit it on your face when Troy put it on the table and said, here it is. You looked at it and you thought to yourself, okay, just suck it and keep going. Imagine what we could do with Oh my god. Yes, well right. look, I've got to tell you. I reckon if we go to seek.com.au, we could apply for a new Troy. We could find a new one there. I'll either do the interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's called our bluff, you John. <laughs> he's called our bluff. We might be without a producer. So help, help me. Okay, Troy. All our listeners have a great, have a great Christmas break, and we look forward to talking to you. I guess we'll be back three quarters of the way through January somewhere and check out Tom's uh, seven-day kickstart in the meantime and, and have a good Christmas to you guys, Tom and Troy. See you. To all our listeners, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. See you, bye. See you, guys.